FinTech Hunting is hosted by Michael Hammett, JD, CMT, keynote speaker, author, and founder and president of Next Level Advisors. Join Michael as he seeks out tech visionaries, leading lenders, trailblazing executives, and other financial influencers to bring you actionable insights and lead generation tactics, all centered around industry greatness and success. We would like to thank our 2022 FinTech Hunting Sponsors, Encelerate, Equifax, WFG Enterprise Solutions, CoreLogic, BeSmarty, Anomaly Squared, SourcePoint, Total Expert, and Next Level Advisors. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of the FinTech Hunting Podcast. We have one, two guests for you today. They're amazing guests. They're industry thought leaders, trendsetters. We even have a former pro football player. They're automation experts. Please help me welcome to the show, Charlie Johnson and Michael Schwartz. They are both with Nationwide Property and Appraisal Services. Guys, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey. Yeah, I love it. Happy to be here. All right. Cue the crowd applause. (laughs) Well, it is is great to have you guys. You guys got a wealth of knowledge and expertise, and it's an interesting market. Before we dive into the market, I always like our guests to give a little bit of their background. Charlie, I'll start with you. Michael, we'll come to you next, but tell us a little bit about your background. I know you're a former pro football player. Tell us about that, and then tell us how that applies to some of the lessons you learned there into the mortgage and appraisal space. Of course, yeah, I'd love to. Um, so yeah, I uh, started, well, I mean, played football a uh, little bit here in the uh, United States. Once, you know, did dance around in the NFL and a couple practice squads, uh, went over to Europe, uh, played quarterback all my life. So obviously learned a lot from how to um, manage uh, multiple uh, like personalities, if you will. Uh, how to bring people to the collective together to work as a as a team. Um, played till I was about thirty, so I had to you know catch up from there. And uh, <laughs> you know, actually, my experience from the mortgage side is was very limited, other than my father was on the origination side for about forty years. So you know, a lot of like dinner table conversations and things like that. And uh, you know, fast forward to about twenty sixteen, um, I was linked up with another AMC owner in the uh, mid-Atlantic. And he said, Hey, I, you know, you, you seem like you got a good head on your shoulders. Uh, you could, you could definitely sell, you can work a rapport, work a room, that kind of thing. So let's give it a shot. Um, and I ran the East coast for him for a couple of years. Um, and then moved on to nationwide to, you know, bigger and better things, if you will, been here for about six years now. Outstanding, Charlie. Great background. I'm going to come back to you with some more questions. Michael, tell us a little bit about your background before we start diving into all things AMC valuation and mortgage. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I um, graduated college with a degree in accounting, believe it or not, and um, market wasn't great. It was after the 08, 09 crash. So I was full-time bartending and somehow got hooked up with uh, an AMC that was just getting off the ground. I think I was the fifth or sixth employee of the AMC as they were just kind of growing and getting things going. And I was started off QC and reports, doing quality control, just reviewing reports. And I liked it. I liked that feeling of growing a small business and just bought in and went all in with it and worked my way all the way up the company to 
running the operation side. And then we merged with Nationwide, I think four or five years ago. And I went from running operations over to the full-time sales side. So using that kind of knowledge, the analytical brain from accounting, but then also the selling side from being a bartender and have kind of merged those two things together to kind of get to where I am right now. Well, I, I love it for a number of reasons. For one, you guys both have very diverse backgrounds, but that's, I think, one of the things that makes the mortgage industry very special. It's, it's people that most of them didn't go to college and say, you know what, I can't wait to get in the mortgage industry. I, I didn't say that. I see that yeah. you guys laugh and you guys didn't say it. And most of the people I know didn't, but I think it also adds to a very dynamic workforce that can share and bring in those unique experiences, whether it's quarterbacking a football team, whether it's leading an accounting department and then taking over operations, there's skill sets that translate to help people be very successful in the mortgage industry. So I love hearing about those backgrounds. Charlie, you're the first pro football player I've ever had on the team, on the podcast. I have had NASA scientists. I've had uh, professionals in a lot of other fields. One was a, a musical representative for Tone Loke back in the day. So we've had a very interesting group of guests. So welcome both of you. So let's let's talk what's going on in the industry. And what I mean by that is we know it's a tough market. We know volumes are down, but what are some of the things you're seeing? Where are lenders focusing or where should they be focusing their time and their energy in today's market, especially as it relates to appraisal, AMCs, alternative valuation models? Charlie, I'll start with you. Sure. Um, yeah. So obviously as the rates went the way that they went, you know, and through the roof, basically, uh, we saw a lot of more attention being focused in the, uh, we'll say non-QM space. Um, yeah. Traditional lenders trying to create or open up a new revenue stream for themselves or they didn't have it already. Um, as well as, you know, obviously the, the big heavy hitters that were in that space for for years past. Um, and they just really leaned in on some unique products. You know, short-term rentals was a really big hot topic for the last couple of years. Um, and, you know, it's, Investors are a little bit less rate conscious or rate sensitive, if you will. You know, so that was a big reason why. Um, and then, you know, obviously uh, alternative valuations was another huge thing uh, that we really as a company needed to stand up. And in January, we stood up our own division uh, with the help of our uh, CIO, Mike Kirk, and his team, Chad, you know, I believe was on your show as well. Um, and those guys have been instrumental in getting us, you know, out in front of you know, the new trend that was coming or has, you know, had, and had been coming for years, but it was finally here. Excellent insights. Michael, share some of your perspective on that. Yeah. Yeah. Same, same thing. The alternative valuation part is big right now um, with Fannie kind of changing the way they handle their waivers as well. You really have to be able to provide that for your clients um, communication with them. I mean, as far as what the lenders I'm seeing doing on my side, there's a lot more qualifying income type stuff going on where we're seeing orders coming over, where um, focusing on borrowers who maybe own a second property or using rental income from a second property to qualify for the loan they're going for, that they're currently purchasing or wanting to purchase. Um, I mean, social media, I mean, you, you kind of see that pickup of what lenders are posting on social media. They're all going on very hot, heavy ad campaigns as well. A lot of my clients I follow on Instagram and stuff, I mean, it's it's picked up quite a bit from what it was a couple of years ago. I think we all have a little bit more time on our hands to start <laughs> pumping stuff out. So, you know, you, you got to keep your name in front of people. 
Well, you bring up social media, and I'm going to come back to that in a second. But let's dive a little bit deeper. There's a lot of talk in the industry about appraisals, about appraisers aging, about, you know, what are we going to do as the industry and, and what can we do to lower cost, improve turn times? What are some of the things you're seeing as it relates to that? And what are some of the th- incredible things that Nationwide is doing to address that to better serve lenders' needs in this market? Uh, Charlie, yeah. you want to go first? Or yeah. Michael, or Michael, you're ready. Go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you, you was <laughs> I, was, I was ready for it, man. Um, well, one thing we've done is we've stepped up and, and started a program as well on our side as far as staff appraisers go and uh, making personal relationships and actually getting appraisers who directly work for Nationwide um, to kind of help solve that problem and almost guarantee some, some good appraisals, some good turn times in specific markets that are needing it as far as high volume markets. So we kind of stand out and get put at the top of the list priority wise on appraisals. Um, the aging out thing, man, it's tough. I've, um, I, I, I honestly don't know how we might solve that problem in five to 10 years. If you ask me, I mean, it's, it is a very big problem and it, I think it, it needs to be um, creating more programs to help ease new appraisers into the industry. And that's something I think we're looking into doing with that staff appraiser program as well. Charlie, give us some of your uh, viewpoint on that. Yeah, I think as far as the aging appraiser, it is, um, it's a big concern for us and and our competitors alike. you know, it's got to start from the top though. Uh, You know, the legislation has to be adjusted and the rules and regulations have to be adjusted to allow um, you know, like Mike said, just a little more ease for someone to get into this industry. You know, the requirements of four years of college and then all of the hours of um, of being an apprentice. You know, they're it's outrageous. You know, we can have <laughs> we can have home inspectors uh, get it done in you know a couple weeks. You know, from a standpoint of an education standpoint, right. and they're doing something similar. You know, they're going out, they're viewing a property, snapping pictures, and that kind of thing. So. You know, while the staff appraisal program has been great for us in trying to, you know, bring in and encourage new people to come in and just work, you know, work for us. But also, um, if you need extra hours, sure, we have someone that you can learn under that kind of thing, which has Mm -hmm. been very helpful. Well, and I think that that's critical as you start looking at, right? I mean, you could originate billions and trillions of dollars and the originator doesn't really have to have a certification process. They they don't really have to say, well, they really know mortgages or they don't know mortgages. But with the appraiser, like you said, four-year degree and those requirements. And I think it also leads into the discussion of how can technology ease some of that burden? And some of that is the alternative valuation models, right? What are some of the other ways you guys are seeing technology being used to help alleviate some of that burden? I didn't say eliminate because... Right. I mean, it's not going to eliminate, but what are some of the ways, Charlie, we'll start with you on this one. We've seen some, a lot of cool things pop up over the last few years to try and um, we'll say, you know, speed up the, just the overall process to help, you know, like you said, alleviate these guys from having to go do multiple inspections in a day, you know, to be out on the road, which, you know, as me and, and Michael can attest to, like, you know, you're in the car for hours on the road, visiting clients, I think it takes a toll on you even, even us as young, you know, young guys. So, <laughs> you know, these guys, you know, 60, 70 years old, spending a full day in the car is brutal. So, you know, as we're trying to get some new, we have a new, 
new apps that we try to, you know, implement into some of the inspection, you know, whether it's a inspector or the actual homeowner, they're going out and they're assisting with the inspection and getting that submitted and back to the appraiser, you know, so then they're sitting at home working on multiple reports at once. Um, you know, that's, that's one way that we're trying to, to get this, get these things rolling. You know, like we've seen this attempted in multiple different ways, other companies sending out cameras to a homeowner and, you know, submitting it back through the mail and, you know, just it's whatever, whatever sticks. And honestly, right now the app has been working for us, uh, I think pretty successfully. Well, and, and I like the app approach. I mean, I have heard of the camera and everything like that, but you're like, how many people still even use a camera anymore? They got their mm-hmm. damn phone, right? Right, exactly. So if they can use their phone and use a mechanism that they're used to using and all they've got to do is digitally send, I mean, if you have to put the camera in the mail and even if it's a postage, you know, paid envelope or whatever, it still takes time to get through the mail. The mail is slower than it used to be. You've got to find a post Are office. We, you can't yeah, find I mean, those anymore. Yeah. And are you then really cutting much time off of it or are you just leaving it? Whereas to your point, and I think this is really critical. If you can put the tools in the hands of the person who is selling the home and then get that info and that data to the appraiser so they can be sitting at their desk, handling multiple reports. I don't know what the numbers are. You guys are pretty better equipped than I am, but is it a two X? Is it a four X? Is it a 10 X productivity by that appraiser? If they're sitting in front of their screen, going through all of the files, then driving hours upon hours on a day. Michael, you want to share a little light on that? Yeah. I mean, I would definitely say it's probably a 4X number. I mean, because if you think about it, the way appraisers will typically schedule their day is depending on how busy they are. If they got a pretty big workload, they could probably maybe schedule six inspections in a day max. And so they're spending an entire day in their car, like Charlie said, inspecting those properties, but then it's going to take two or three days to write up all those reports after the inspection. And on top of that, they're handling revision requests, um, final inspections coming over from previous orders. So then they got to kind of schedule those on the fly because usually we're trying to close, you know, within two days of getting that final order. And so that messes up that writing up process versus they're barely out in the field. They're sitting at home in front of that desk, banging out reports. I mean, you got to think that productivity level has got to fly through the roof. But at the end of the day, we have to get the loan programs to accept those types of desktop appraisals. That's the ultimate end at the end of it. It's like, those are great, but not all loan programs accept that type of appraisal. Well, and I think that's another interesting point that you bring up of from a regulatory and a compliance standpoint, if those, you can come up with all of these great tools, you can put them all in the hands of the appraiser and of the the lender, or I should say the, the homeowner who is selling their property. But if those aren't accepted, if people have to jump through hoops, if the investors are not going to buy those pools of loans, then we're kind of dead in our tracks. And I think that's why you see so much push and so much lobbying for we've got to change the regulation, not just the age on and the requirements for the appraisers, but we also have to change what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You know, hopefully one encouraging thing is during COVID people adjust it and we still got stuff done, right? Because, I mean, during COVID, a lot of home sellers were saying, I don't want anyone coming in my house. I mean, we didn't know what the hell COVID was. People were kind of freaked out, and they're like, their appraiser's not allowed to come in, but I need to sell my house. And the industry reacted. So I think the technology is there. I think, we, like you guys had mentioned, we've got to get the regulators on board. They have to make some of these adjustments so that we can continue to move forward as an industry. 
What are some of the other things you're seeing? Is there other technology out there? What are some of the big uplifts that your clients are getting from working with Nationwide? Whoever wants to jump in on that one, go, Charlie. I see you grinning. Yeah, so, go ahead, Charlie. Uh, you know, I think that you know one big advantage that we bring to our customer base or our partners, if you will, is um, you know there's guys like like myself and Mike in the out in the field. You know, we have a large sales team. And I say large, you know, we have about 16 people on the road dedicated to servicing the customers face-to-face, being in, in, you know, at conferences and shows and um, doing office visits, you know, when they're in the office, uh, since COVID has kind of adjusted some of those things. And I think that's a, that's a huge benefit for so many years. All I heard from lenders that I would meet with is I've never met anybody from an AMC. And at the, at the end of the day, this is still very much a face-to-face, a relationship-based transactions and a relationship-based um, industry, you know, and it's that has to happen. And I think that's a huge thing that we bring to the table, uh, in, you know, in, in the appraisal industry and just in the, in the mortgage space in general. Um, you know, and in, on top of that, we are continuing to grow, which is fantastic. Um, acquiring and, and partnering with new companies more and more each every year. Uh, and we're not stopping. So, which is, which is nice, you know, moving into markets where traditionally maybe us or another company may have struggled, you know, to, to right. find qualified people. And, um, you know, we're in a fortunate enough situation where we can, uh, we can partner up with some of the, you know, heavy hitter regional kind of players there and, uh, really bring that next level of service to our partners. So Charlie, you mentioned, and Mike, I'll come to you in a second. You mentioned, you know, how the importance of those face-to-face meetings. Talk to me about some of the upcoming conferences. Are you going to be at MBA annual? What other events can people meet you guys at? Give us some background on that. And what's the best way for people to schedule time with you? Excellent. Yeah. So I, I will be at, uh, I like to get into a couple of different segments of the market. So NLE, which is, uh, you know, a private money and non-QM kind of space. Um, that one is the first week of October. Actually, Mike and I will be there. We're doing some uh, live interviews for our Value Nation podcast. Um, so if you're in the area, that one is down in Palm Palm Beach. West right? Palm Beach, yeah, uh, yeah. West, West Palm, Palm Beach. Beach, yeah. Yep. So we'll be doing that uh, as well. And then following week, I'll be I will be at NBA Annual. Uh, it's actually one of my more favorite conferences of the year. It's it's huge. Everybody always wants to meet. They always want to talk. Um, and you know, let's be honest, like we work, we've been in the industry for a while. Our company has been around for a long time. We, we already partnered with many of the people there. It's more about the, like I said, the face to face and the continuing the relationship building, um, and and meeting, you know, Hey, there's some new people that have, we've seen people in this industry jump ship every year to a new company. It's always good to reconnect and say, Hey, where are you at now? You know, and just, uh, you know, keep that relationship stuff going. And, um, I oftentimes will, I'll throw out um, my Calendly link on LinkedIn, other social media platforms. Um, you can always reach out directly to me my, uh, through, my, through email or my cell. Everybody has that now, I feel like. Um, <laughs> Perfect. Well, I look forward to meeting you in person in yeah, Philly. I know I'll be there with my media partner, Delilah. So we look forward to that. But you mentioned social media. And so, Michael, I'm going to come to you. 
I understand the importance of face-to-face meeting and the power of it, but how do you then leverage social media to make those interactions even more powerful? And how do you leverage social media to continue to foster and grow those relationships? What's your kind of view on leveraging and using social in this industry? Um, yeah, I, mean, I wish we had Jordan here to talk about it. Jordan's our head of marketing and she's, she's our, we call her our boss when it comes to our podcast. Cause she's always sitting there watching in the background, handling everything for us. But, uh, no, she, she's great. And, um, as a sales staff, we have made an initiative where she, I think she posts about three things a week. Um, whether it's, you know, celebrating national donut day to, uh, putting inspirational stuff on there. And then obviously sharing our podcast and things we're doing. And so we have a big push for our salesmen and our entire sales team that is quite large for an AMC, actually, to all of us reshare it, repost it to our various social medias, um, following your clients, following the mortgage companies that you're with, following the, 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 the branch managers and, you know, developing a personal relationship, liking their picture of and talking to them, you know, they're posting it's homecoming season, right? Everybody's daughters or sons are going to homecoming, you know, commenting on those pictures and, and like getting to know them on an actual human level and becoming friends versus making everything seem so transactional. And it's because you really want to, it's not because you're trying to trick them. It's because you actually are wanting to get to know these people. That's, that's well, invaluable. I love, I love how both of you mentioned it's about the relationship, yeah, absolutely. right? I mean, at the end of the day, whether volumes are, are, going through the roof or they're slow or whatever. At the end of the day, people are still going to purchase from people they know, people they trust. And you've got to foster that relationship. And Michael, you and I were talking prior to the start of the podcast of how important it is to foster those relationships, even if it's a down market. What a lot of people do is they pull back, they stop communicating, and that's the worst thing you can do. So I love that you guys are not only out there going to the shows, you're using social, you're interacting, and you're building and growing those relationships. You guys mentioned your podcast, and I'm a big supporter of all podcasts. So give a plug, whoever wants to give a plug for the name of your podcast, where people can find it. I want to definitely encourage it. Charlie's putting on his hat and he's going to promote it. So Charlie, the floor is yours. Don't mess it up, Charlie. Don't mess it up. Right? Yeah. You got one shot. No, so uh, we started value nation last uh, early last year. Um, there's obviously a lot of attention through social and podcasts. You know, like we, it started as we want to try and educate whether it was an LO or a realtor uh, or a borrower, what, what the appraisal process really was about. And uh, honestly, it's kind of, it's evolved into something, I think, bigger than we thought it was ever going to be, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Um, a lot of the guests that we now bring in, they bring something to the table that's not just about the mortgage industry. You know, whether they're working with children or they're working with, um, what was the last one? Uh, they're working with hospitals. They're working, you know, just in their community. They're, they're trying to do something on the side to just better humanity and better their communities. Like that's really where it's, it's just kind of morphed into that. I mean, we still bring back in the appraisal piece here and there right? and, and we make it, we make it fun and light. I mean, we were just joking about our next, uh, our next outfits, you know, for the, for the, for the next one, you know, it's, it's, it's a fun, it's, it's also kind of cool and a, a nice way for me and him to get out of our day to day piece of selling and, and um, working in, you know, appraisals and sit there and, you know, for an hour, we get to be something different. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you get I absolutely that. I mean, you love that. that. 
because you, I, from hosting this, I learned so much from all of the different guests. Like we oh, joked yeah. at the start of it. I mean, I had a guy who, you know, was the manager of Tone Loke and I had an actual NASA scientist who's doing stuff in underwriting and now a pro football player and the list would go on and on and an accountant. And it's great to meet all of these people. And then I love what you said about and find their stories of how they're adding value to life and how they're adding value to their community and humanity, not just how do I make another buck? It truly is about people, relationships. Michael, what's the name of the podcast? Where can people find it? I want to make sure I give a huge shout out because I'm a big believer that podcasts are a great way to have people tell their stories and help all of us improve the communities around us. Absolutely. Once again, it's Value Nation, hold the E, Value Nation. We're on all different platforms. We're on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Um, I know we have an Instagram account that posts quite a bit of content, TikTok as well. Um, come find us, like, subscribe, check it out whenever you have time. I mean, the, the, honestly, having the guests really changed everything. We didn't know what we were doing. Like what we said when we first got into it, it was a bunch of episodes of me and Charlie. You could skip over the early episodes if you want. <laughs> but we, we started to kind of find a groove once we started bringing people on and realized like this is this is where it's at. This is where the gold's at. And so if you keep keep bringing fresh faces from different parts of the whole industry, I mean, it, it, it just keeps going and going and going. It's been a lot of fun. I absolutely love it, guys. You guys are welcome back anytime. We could be talking for hours, but we're almost winding down. The last thing I want to end with is kind of what do you see on the horizon? What's kind of nationwide focused on? How are you guys going to continue to work on adding value to the industry? Uh, who wants to take that one? Well, you want to go? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's ready. Because I have the new title. Um, yeah. <laughs> so. As I, as I mentioned before, you know, uh, we're still looking to to grow into markets where that have been tradi traditionally, you know, we'll just say, you know, kind of difficult, right? Um, to, you know, a, a find an appraiser, um, to to train extra appraisers, that kind of thing. And so we're we're always on the lookout for that. And then, you know, as we as we finish off this year um, in a you know in a positive way for our for us as a company, um, we're going to continue to work that in 24 grow our sales team so we can have more faces out there for people to meet uh, and get to know, you know, get to know us as a, like we said before, like on a personal level. And, you know, cause you know, like we said, people buy from people and we're, our company is reinvesting in, in our, in us, which is, which has been fantastic. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. Outstanding guys. You guys shared a wealth of information. I'm sure our listeners are going to go back and listen to a takedown notes check out their podcast make sure you schedule time to meet with them in west palm beach schedule time to meet with them in philly at nba annual i can't thank the two of you enough for being a guest guests on this episode of the fintech hunting podcast are you struggling to keep up with record origination volumes from property valuation and appraisal to title insurance and closing services, WFG Enterprise Solutions provides flexible mortgage origination services that address your organization's needs head-on. By taking the time to understand how you run your business, WFG can create solutions that save you time and money on every transaction. That's why WFG consistently earns Net Promoter's world-class ranking for customer satisfaction. Innovative solutions, world-class customer satisfaction. Get to know WFG today at WFGLS.com.
Fintech Hunting is brought to you by Next Level Advisors. Next Level Advisors, where businesses come to grow. What does instant mean to you when it comes to income and employment verification? With the demand for loans increasingly being met with a competitive edge, lenders should turn towards automation. A key way lenders can move digital is by leveraging instant income and the employment data from the work number, which helps them keep pace in an era where every day brings new challenges. To learn more, visit theworknumber.com. Are you looking to close more loans in 2021? Experience Accelerate's award-winning customer engagement platform, featuring lead management, CRM, call routing, sales enablement, marketing automation, borrower engagement, and data intelligence through innovative use of multi-channel marketing, text, social media, email, direct mail, phone, ringless voicemail, retargeting, and so much more. Incelerate, helping lenders close more loans through better borrower engagement. Schedule your personal demo today at Incelerate.com. Tired of logging into different systems to check your loan pipeline? Ready to update your processes to meet today's digital borrowers? Now you can with BeSmarty's all-in-one mortgage technology solution. Save yourself time and money and wow your borrowers. Find out how at BeSmarty.com.